0: Welcome to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. I'm the pastor at First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and the founder of From His Heart Ministries. From His Heart is heard every weeknight at 6 p.m. Central Time on this wonderful radio network, American Family Radio. Well, I have a question for you today as we begin. How controversial are you? How controversial are you? You know, we, we... Uh, have many, many Christians who don't want to rock the boat, who don't want to be controversial. The definition of controversial, I looked it up this morning, it means to give rise to public disagreement. Controversy literally means disagreement. And when it's prolonged and public, it becomes heated. When the Apostle Paul went on his missionary journeys, uh, he would create quite a stir with his preaching. And, uh, you know, the, the preaching of the cross, uh, he says to the, to the Jews, it's, um, it, it's foolishness. To the Gentiles, foolishness to the Jews, it's, an, it's abhorrent. They, they hate the preaching of the cross. And, uh, but he says to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. I love what the Bible says in Acts chapter 17. It's talking about Paul's missionary journey, his second missionary journey. He goes to Thessalonica. And as he's preaching, people are responding to the gospel. Thessalonica was a great church. Paul wasn't there very long because he got run out of town, but the Lord used him in a short period of time. He was probably there no longer than six months, maybe just as short as three months, but built a, a great church, by the power of the Holy Spirit. But this is what it was said, what was said of Paul. These men who have upset the world have come here also. They have upset the world. They have uh, created such a stir with their preaching that they have made everybody upset. Did you know that's what we're called to do as Christians? Because we are not of this world. Jesus said, you're not of this world. If, if you were of this world, the world would love you. But because you're not of this world, I've called you out of this world. Therefore, the world hates you. And Jesus said, this is from John 15. He said, if the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. Before it hated you. So as we witness in this world, we're going to be controversial. We're going to call men, women, boys, and girls to repent. That's not a popular call because you say to people, as John the Baptist said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's what Jesus did. When Jesus went out and began his public ministry, he did what exactly what the forerunner did, John the Baptist, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Lots of people want a gospel where you don't have to repent. They want Jesus as a tack-on, Jesus as an add-on, Jesus who's going to come help me uh, live my best life now, help me get my promotion, help me have a better marriage, help me have a better family. And and they, they quote-unquote, follow Jesus for what Jesus can do for them. They don't surrender to Jesus and say, as doubting Thomas, who wasn't a doubter anymore, uh, my Lord and my God. A total surrender of life. How controversial are you? You know, Jesus has called us to be salt and light in a dark and dying and decaying and lost world. Salt and light. Now, think about those two things, salt and light. Uh, Let's talk about light first. You know, when you wake up from a sleep, wake up maybe in the middle of the night and it's very dark in your room and somebody turns on the light it's very hard to focus it's too much light you're you're, you're used to the darkness and your eyes start to really squint because it's so bright i can't handle the light when we shine the light in the darkness of this world it's hard for people to handle that. And so they're going to squint and they're going to try and move away from the light. We do that uh, just in the physical realm because bright light, when you're used to the darkness, is difficult. You've probably seen those movies where somebody is put in uh, solitary confinement, they're in a dark hole in prison or something like that, and then they open them up to the light and they're shielding their eyes because they can't take it. It hurts to take in the light. We're called to be uh, light in a dark and dying world. We're called to be salt. Now, salt, we all know how important salt is. Salt, uh, it seasons, it purifies, it cleanses, and salt burns when it's put into a wound. We are called to to speak to a wounded world and we are salt in the wound and we make people mad, so often we make them mad with the message that Jesus Christ is the way and the truth and the life and no one comes to the Father but through him. Oh, the world hates that message. Oh, there, there, there are many truths. There are many ways to God, as, as Oprah Winfrey years ago said on her program, it, it just can't be one way. Well, it is one way, and Jesus is the way and the truth and the life, and you can't come to God except through him. He is God's only son and man's only savior, and we have a controversial message to share, and the sad truth is that so many Christians and so many pastors are not wanting to rock the boat. They're not willing to be salt and light. They're not willing to call people out. Nobody would ever say of so many pastors, so many churches, these people are upsetting the world with their message. And we're called to do that. I get pushback often from people who say, y- you're, y- you shouldn't say what you say. You're, you're too controversial. How dare you? They go full Greta Thunberg on me. How dare you? Now, last Sunday, I started a new sermon series at First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas. And the sermon series is called The Divine Design, God's Plan for Marriage and Family. And normally, if I would do a series like that on the family, I would jump in to talk about dating or to talk about uh, you know, how husbands and wives are, are to interact with one another and, and minister to one another, and I'm going to get to that. But this first message in the series, I began very, very basic. I went back to the drawing board. I went back to the, the design plans, so to speak, God's divine design, and I preached from Genesis chapter 1 and i called the message day 6 day 6 because on day 6 of the 6 days of creation on day 6 that's where god made adam and where god made eve he made the animals on day 6 and then the crown of his creation was man and the bible says in genesis 127 <clears throat> and god made man in his own image and God created man male and female, male and female, and I had the audacity to say that there are only two sexes and there are only two genders, and sex and gender are the same thing. Wow, can you believe that someone would say that in today's world? You know, if I would preached that message 20 years ago, nobody would have said boo. It would have been like a Geico commercial. Yeah, everybody knows that. Everybody knows that sex and gender are the same thing. But we have people today, straight out of Romans chapter 1, professing to be wise, they became fools. I was watching a clip from uh, Dr. Phil, and he had a lady on there, uh, her name was Dr. Susie Dienbo. She's the associate professor at Kent State University. And she said that gender is not tied to biology. And she admonished the, the viewers, don't conflate sex and gender. There's a difference between biological sex and gender. I, I told the church, I said, there's a great Hebrew word for that line of thinking. And the Hebrew word is baloney. Baloney. Sex and gender are the same thing. And we've known that since... God created Adam and Eve. Sex and gender are the same thing. I don't care what Facebook says. There are thousands of genders or whatever. There are two, and you're either male or female. God created us male, XY chromosomes, or female, XX chromosomes, and your maleness, XY, or your femaleness, XX, is on every cell of your body. And when we talk to people about, well, you can, you can choose your gender and you can have uh, gender reassignment surgery. You know, if you, if you say, as Bruce Jenner said, I am a, I'm a man. I, I'm a woman trapped in a man's body. God got this wrong because I should have been a woman. And so uh, God did a lot of great things for me, but he got this one wrong. And Bruce Jenner was so conflicted that he, he transitioned to become a woman, and he calls himself now Caitlyn Jenner. And as Mark Robinson, the Lieutenant Governor of North Carolina said in a sermon recently, listen, there ain't but two genders. There's male and female. And, and it, you can go to the, to the surgeon and get cut up. You can go to the dress shop and get dressed up. You can go to the salon and get made up. You can go to the doctor and get drugged up, but at the end of the day, you're, you're going to be a cut-up, dressed-up, made-up, drugged-up man or woman because you can't change how God has made you. A few, uh, about a week or 10 days ago or so, we had uh, Ricky Chalette on the program. Ricky Shillette is a counselor, and helps people who are trapped in uh, same-sex attraction and gender dysphoria. And I love what he had to say. He said, listen, people will tell me I feel this way. So here I am, it's kind of the Bruce Jenner thing. Here I am, I'm a man. I mean, it's very obvious. He he knew he could go to the bathroom and check out, hey, I'm a man. I have all the the, uh, physiology of a man, but I feel like a woman. Ricky said this, we don't learn truth by our feelings. Feelings don't tell us who we are. Feelings tell us how we are. Feelings tell us how we feel. And feelings change from one day to the next, maybe from one hour to the next. Feelings change with the weather don't ever get your identity from your feelings you get your identity from the word of god i tell my church often truth is not what you think it's not what you feel it's not what you want it to be truth is what god says truth is what god says and god says you are made either male or female you know even in our crazy upside down world Couples still have gender reveal parties. And what do they do? They call their family together. They call their friends together. We're going to have a gender reveal party. Because gender and sex are the same thing. And they had an ultrasound or they had a blood test and they know what they're going to have. They know their little baby is XX female or XY male. And at their gender reveal party, what do they do? They, they blow confetti that's either blue or pink. If it's blue, it's a boy. If it's pink, it's a girl. And that's a gender reveal party because sex and gender are the same thing. And you cannot change what God has ordained. Listen, if you are fighting God in the basic, basic, basic of who, you, of who he created you to be, a man or a woman, a boy or a girl, if you're fighting him on that, you're gonna have a horrible life. As someone once said, your arms are too short. To box with God your arms are too short to fight with God why in the world would you want to fight with a God who loves you who gave his life for you on the cross who wants what's best for you Adrian Rogers used to say the will of God for your life is what you would choose for yourself and want for yourself if you had sense enough to want it God is a good God and he has a good plan for you and for me And we don't need to fight God. We need to yield to God and yield to his plan for our lives. Hey, this is real truth for today. We're talking about being a controversial Christian of stirring up the world as we stand up, stand up for Jesus as soldiers of the cross. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
1: Oops, there's a piece I missed a little bit.
2: Why do we always pick up litter when we go hiking?
1: Well, we're just making it nicer for people who come after us a little bit. It's called stewardship.
3: My grandfather taught me that you should always leave a place better than you found it. That it's important to invest in the lives of your children and grandchildren, leaving them with a godly legacy they can build on. That's why I decided to set up a charitable gift annuity with the AFA Foundation.
1: It's called stewardship.
3: I know that my gift will support a ministry that honors the biblical principles I hold dear, and it's a way to invest in the future of our country. The AFA Foundation also arranged for me to have a steady fixed income, so I don't have to worry in the midst of changing times. Call the AFA Foundation today to find out how you can set up a charitable gift annuity. Just call 800-326-4543, extension 345. Hi, I'm Mark Harrington, founder of the pro-life group Created Equal and host of Activist Radio, The Mark Harrington Show. Created Equal is all about saving the lives of unborn children. Each week, I cover the latest pro-life news and feature interviews with unsung heroes from across the nation who are making a difference for the cause of life, liberty, and justice. Join me every Sunday afternoon at 5.30 for The Mark Harrington Show here on American Family Radio and discover how you, too, can help protect the lives of the most innocent among us. On the next Focus on the Family, Pastor Mark Batterson shares about significant roles, responsibilities, and relationships in a man's life. He tells inspiring stories of historical male heroes who embodied what it means to be a real man and shares the importance of passing those qualities onto your son. That's on the next episode of Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. Focus on the Family is heard each weekday morning at 5 o'clock central on American Family Radio. I try to read the Bible with my wife, but if we try to you know, talk about it afterwards, it seems like she's always arguing with me. She does go to Bible study and knows a lot, but you know, it just makes me want to keep my mouth shut.
4: I'm afraid that some of the most biblically knowledgeable women in the church can also be the most intimidating. We're blessed to have so many Bible study opportunities for women, but if our knowledge makes us unteachable or difficult to live with, we're missing the point. I think some men feel like they'd have to go to seminary and get an advanced theological degree to be the kind of spiritual leader their wives say they want. My guess is that these wives may not have a teachable, humble spirit. For sure, take every opportunity you have to learn God's Word. But remember what the Apostle Paul said, knowledge puffs up, but love
5: edifies. With Seeking Him, I'm Nancy DeMoss Wagemann.
0: The Real Truth for today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. We're talking about the controversial Christian. We are called, as believers in Jesus, to be controversial. Some people say, oh, no, 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 we're supposed to just just love people, and we're just supposed to be kind to everyone, and not controversial at all. Listen, we have a message that the world desperately needs to hear, and many people don't want to hear it. Men love the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds are evil. But we are called to be salt and light in a lost and dying world. People are going to hell without Jesus. And we stand up and tell people, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Now, whether they do or whether they don't, that's on them. But what is on us is to be faithful, to lift up the name of Jesus and tell people, point people to Jesus. And that is controversial, as it says about the Apostle Paul and his entourage on, in the sec, on the second missionary journey. They have upset the world with their teaching. Now what is controversial today are things that are so basic to uh, life, human life <clears throat> and human flourishing, and that is that God made us male and female. You want to stir people up, you want to get people angry. Uh, You start saying that trans is uh, a a message straight from hell. It destroys lives. We showed the wonderful uh, documentary produced by American Family Association in his image. We showed that at church, and we announced it. We said, hey, we're showing this. We advertised it. We're showing this. We got picketed uh this this church is a hateful place because how dare they uh say something so hateful to people that they can't be what they want to be they can't be uh who they desire to be no you can't be who you desire to be you have to be the person god says you're going to be god chooses gender you don't i don't god does that and the things that we're doing today to children it's just it's devastating. You see the devil's fingerprints all over it. I was looking uh, on Twitter today. I saw this this guy. Uh, his name was Christopher uh, Rufo. He's a, a writer at City Journal and a fellow at Manhattan Institute. And he talked about the Evanston uh, Skokie Uh, school district in in Evanston, Illinois, they've adopted a radical gender curriculum that encourages pre-K to third grade students to celebrate the transgender flag, break the gender binary established by white colonizers, and experiment with neo-pronouns such as z, zer, and tree. The teachers tell the students we call people with more than one gender or no gender, non-binary or queer. This is for pre-K to third graders. When we show whether we feel like a boy or a girl or some of each, we are expressing our gender identity, they tell the kids. There are children who feel like a girl and a boy or like neither a boy or a girl. We call these children transgender. That is a devastating message to kids. That destroys kids. Right out of the starting gate, you're destroying kids. I had people that got upset with me about the sermon I preached Sunday uh, about day six, how God created them male and female in the image of God. He created them, and he created them either male or female, Adam and Eve, and everybody is, is either a male or a female. God chooses that. We don't choose that. People got upset with that, and they said, well, you're not, you're not being loving, It is loving to tell people the truth. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, love does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. Now, you may have seen the interview that Tucker Carlson did recently with a lady named uh, Helena Kirshner. She, uh, 23 years old, she was sharing her story and we have some clips from that interview to hear what she has to say. She is a a lady who was told, hey, uh, you you are a, um, a man trapped in a woman's body and you need to transition because you are a trans person. Listen to her story. Play clip one, please, Devin.
4: I am Helena, I'm 23 years old. When I was about 15, I started using Tumblr. I had an eating disorder since I was pretty young. There's a lot of messages that said, if you feel bad about your body, that means you're trans. I was just going through this period of like, I don't like how I'm treated as a cis person. I don't wanna be cis because cis means you're uncool and you're privileged and you're an oppressor and you're bad. And I don't wanna be that. In that way I was really incentivized to try to figure out a way to make my voice heard in these communities and obviously I can't change my race I can't really change my sexuality Um, so the only thing left was to start playing around with the gender stuff So I decided to call myself a demi-girl, which is one of the 40 million genders. And that basically means that I'm mostly a girl, but I'm a little bit not a girl, which is just like, what does that even mean? And then after that, I went to demi-boy. And then after that, I went to gender, gender fluid. And after that, I eventually went to trans boy. But all this took like two or three years of just going through this repetitive cycle of changing this identity and changing it again. And it was just never enough.
0: Such a sad story. Such lies that she was told when she was young. As she was being interviewed by Tucker Carlson, he said, well, it sounds like you were exploited. Let's hear what she's had to say about that.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you said, it's completely normal for not only young girls, but often young boys, too, to feel uncomfortable with themselves, uncomfortable with their body. Um, But we have this ideology that is especially prevalent online that says that if you have those feelings, that means you're trans. I mean, there are literally people who say if you don't even like your voice on a recording, that's a sign of gender dysphoria and you need to go see a medical professional because you're trans.
0: It's awful. It's mind boggling that any anyone would tell a young teenager or even pre-teenager as we're getting younger and younger with this uh, stuff that, oh, that's because you're trans. Uh, When I grew up, uh, my childhood, we had things called tomboys and a tomboy was a girl that hung out with guys and did guy things, but she grew out of that. Uh, she didn't need to have surgery or hormone therapy or or counseling. She was just, hey, you're a girl, and you like to hang out with guys, and that's okay because there are some girls like that, and uh, it's, a, it's a time in your life and a phase in your life, and all those girls that I knew that were quote-unquote tomboys are now moms and wives and uh, maybe grandmothers because as we get older. But they didn't need to be transitioned. Well, Tucker asked Helena this question, uh, with all that has happened to you over those years, at 23, how do you feel now? Play clip three.
4: I FEEL um, HONESTLY GRATEFUL FOR THE EXPERIENCE BECAUSE IT'S TAUGHT ME A LOT ABOUT THE WORLD AND ABOUT MYSELF, BUT I REALLY FEEL AFRAID FOR THESE OTHER YOUNG GIRLS LIKE MYSELF WHO THEY MIGHT NOT BE, YOU KNOW, I CONSIDER MYSELF LUCKY THAT I WAS ABLE TO GET OUT OF IT UNSCARRED REALLY MEDICALLY, BUT THERE'S SO MANY YOUNG PEOPLE WHO CAN'T SAY THE SAME, Um, AND PSYCHOLOGICALLY AS WELL, I MEAN, IT'S JUST DEVASTATING TO, ESPECIALLY FROM A YOUNG AGE, BE LIED TO BY ADULTS AT SCHOOL AND BY MEDICAL PROFESSIONALS AND TOLD THAT YOUR BODY is wrong. You need to change it. You need to get hormones. You need to get surgeries. That's devastating for a young person. So I'm just really concerned for younger girls and boys like I once was yes. being led down this path um, and, and being hurt by it.
0: It's a devastating message, and it's important, so important for Christians, for pastors, really for pastors, to stand up and speak out against this because we love people. See, see real love doesn't tell people a lie real love tells people the truth and i see parents and and grandparents that are encouraging their their uh children their grandchildren in this way they're trying this, this is a sad reality i think they're trying to be loving they're trying to be supportive but you're supporting your kid in something that's going to destroy their lives right at the starting gate you know, it, it, people get mad at me when I say this, but it, it's the parallel is, is there. Uh, if somebody is dealing with anorexia, I keep looking in the mirror, all I see is this fat person, I need to get, I need to lose weight, lose weight, lose weight, lose more weight. You look at them and you say, your skin and bones, no, I'm fat, I just need to lose more weight. It, it, it's not loving to enter into their delusion and say, you know, you're right. You need to cut back. Let's, uh, let's just have uh, less salad today. The loving thing to do is say, listen, I know that you are struggling, but you're not seeing things correctly. And if you keep going down this path, you're going to kill yourself. Uh, you're going to starve yourself to death. You're going to do irreparable damage to your body that could very easily end in death. And that is the loving thing to do, to tell people the truth. That's what we're called to do as Christians, to speak the truth in love to a lost and dying world. That's what I love about American Family Radio, American Family Association. They speak the truth in love. The documentary in his image is loving and truthful and hopeful. If you let a person go down the the path of a lie, lie leads to destruction it leads to hell and we don't we love people we don't want to see that happen now the Apostle Paul was controversial because he spoke the truth Jesus Christ who is love God is love he is God he is love in the flesh he was extremely controversial you say oh no not Jesus he was just loving and just so kind and conciliatory Jesus Christ was crucified, he he had a mob out for his blood. When Pilate asked the question, what then shall I do with Jesus, who is called the Christ? Let him be crucified. Why? He asked. What evil has he done? I find no fault in him. He says he's the son of God. He deserves to die. Let him be crucified. Shall I crucify your king? He asked. We have no king but Caesar so here is God in the flesh the God who loves man more than any of us could possibly love uh, our fellow man Jesus loves and What did they do with that? They crucified him because they couldn't stand him because he called them out. He was salt and he was light and he burned in a wound and the brightness of the light. Men love the darkness rather than the light for their deeds are evil. Now, not everybody is like that. Uh, If you're listening today and you're a believer in Jesus, you know that you responded to the light. I responded to the light when people shared with me. But listen, no one ever gets saved unless you understand, first understand that you're a sinner in desperate need of a Savior. That's why with kids, when I talk to kids that are close to making a decision, they have to understand the concept of sin. And sin brings separation uh, from God. And so because I'm a sinner, all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. Oh, that that covers everybody. That's a that's a serious thing. That's Romans three twenty three, Romans six twenty three. The wages of sin is death. It's not just that I'm a sinner separated from God. It's I'm a sinner and I'm on, on the highway to hell. And unless something changes, I'm going to die and be separated from God forever and ever and ever. And I'm going to live forever in hell. That's what understanding, uh, the understanding of being a sinner, that's what that message says. And when you understand that, then you cry out and say, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Listen, we're on this earth for one main purpose, and that is to be the Lord's witnesses, to be his ambassadors, to plead with men to come to Jesus while there's still time. And, and we stand up for Jesus, and we upset the world with our message. Now, we, we don't do it in an obnoxious way. We're not poking people in the eye. Uh, you don't get points with God for being obnoxious. But you stand up for the truth, and you call out error, and you call out lies, and uh, and we, uh, we desperately need guys to stand in the pulpit and speak the truth in love. And just know, hey, the world is going to uh, hate that, and and the world is going to come after you, and the world's going to call you names. You're a, you're a Neanderthal. You're a hater. You're a bigot. You're a homophobe. You're a transophobe or whatever they that word is now. Uh, but it's some kind of phobe. Um, you know, because you're, you're afraid of these things. We're not afraid of these things. We care about people and we want to tell people the truth and we care about children and we don't want to see children destroyed by the lies of the enemy. You know, the devil hates kids. That's why he wants to kill them in the womb. That's why he wants to destroy them at the starting gate. He hates children. And he hates all of, of man. You know, he really hates God. His issue is with God, but he can't get it, God. So uh, evil people have always known if you can't hurt the person you hate, hurt somebody they love, and then you've hurt them indirectly. And so that is what the devil is up to, to destroy lives. Listen, when we come back, we're going to be taking your calls. The number is one That's 1-888-589-8840. I would love to talk to you about this subject of being a controversial Christian, of speaking the truth in love and speaking to the culture, where the culture is right now, standing up and speaking the truth of God to that issue. You know, we have guys that say, oh, I'm going to talk about something else because I don't want the controversy. Hey, we got to go where the where the battle is the fiercest and we got to stand in that gap and make a difference for the Lord Jesus Christ because that is where the enemy is attacking. You're listening to Real Truth for today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Don't go away.
3: When you hear this... This is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective.
5: Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that, in many cases violates their very faith and conscience.
3: If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. Can we trust the Bible? He says, we saw this, and that sets the Bible apart from almost everything else in the ancient world and its religious pantheon of gods and goddesses. The God Who Speaks, the important documentary from the American Family Association, is now available to watch for free on AFA's brand new streaming platform. Go to thegodwhospeaks.org to watch this award-winning film today. thegodwhospeaks.org in His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality is changing hearts and lives. It speaks directly to the power and the grace of God.
5: It gives me hope for people that I know that are struggling.
3: The whole idea of In His Image has moved me. We actually had one gentleman contact us and he said that this film changed his mind about this issue. We had a pastor reach out to us and he said that he'd been struggling with hatred in his heart towards people in the LGBTQ community. And this film helped him to realize he needed to have compassion and show people the love of Christ. We also had this same-sex attracted couple contact us. And they said, after seeing the film, they wanted to live obedient lives for Christ no matter what. And they said, please pray for us we know this is going to be hard we've even had people come to faith in jesus through in his image to find out more visit in his image judy goodell and her husband set up a charitable gift annuity through the afa foundation
5: what we love about it is that it represents stewardship principles that we feel strongly about so, we got very, very excited about this opportunity.
3: With a charitable gift annuity through the AFA Foundation, an AFA supporter can guarantee a permanent monthly income, as well as supporting the American Family Association for years to come.
5: We do feel convicted about really praying about all that God has really blessed us with. And so many people we know just want to leave it all to their kids. And we know the danger of that. And so, We just are really just trying to pray through it. And God gave us great confirmation as we prayed
3: that this would be a good use of the Lord's money. Find out if a charitable gift annuity is right for you at 800-326-4543, extension 345, or email foundation at afa.net.
0: back to Real Truth for today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve, the pastor at First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and the founder of From His Heart Ministries, heard every weeknight at 6 p.m. Central Time on American Family Radio. Well, we're talking about being a controversial Christian, and the reason many people aren't very controversial in their Christianity, don't really stand up for the truth, is because of fear. Fear of being ostracized, fear of being attacked uh, in social on social media, fear of being maybe attacked physically. I ran across a story years ago that is just so powerful. Uh, during his years as premier of the Soviet Union, Nikita Khrushchev denounced many of the policies and atrocities of his predecessor, Joseph Stalin. As he was speaking to a crowd uh, one day, Khrushchev was interrupted by a shout from a heckler, in the audience and he said this you were one of Stalin's colleagues why didn't you stop him and when Khrushchev heard that he shouted back who said that and there was silence and nobody said a word and nobody moved a muscle and the silence lasted a pregnant pregnant pause and then Khrushchev said now you know why fear fear Hey, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and discipline, and we desperately need to stand up for the truth. Well, we're taking your calls, 1-888-589-8840, and we have uh, Carol on the line. Carol from uh, MI. Is that uh, Michigan? Hello? Hi, Carol. Uh, You're on Real Truth for Today. Uh,
5: yeah, um I was just listening to what you were saying about um talking about the truth and trying to tell people that God still loves them and we did exactly that last night we went to a school board meeting and we were talking about um how God doesn't agree with what's being taught confusing the kids with their genders and the colors of skin um pitting them once against once against another and we got a lot of um a lot of commentary from the school board at the end and how we were um, doing hate speech, and we just wondered what we could say at the next school board meeting to maybe counteract that and give up, give them the idea that God loves them, and this isn't supposed to be hate speech, but God doesn't agree with what they're doing.
0: Yes, great question. Thank you, Carol. Um, I think you keep standing up for the truth, and you let people know, hey, uh, we get we get our definition of love from first Corinthians chapter 13. This is what the Bible says about love and love does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. And what we're teaching our kids with this transgender nonsense is we're teaching them a lie and it's a lie that will destroy. I think using, uh, Helena Kirchner's uh, testimony of the, this is what happened to me and people were lying to me and, uh, Thank God that she didn't destroy herself with with uh, surgery, but um, other kids aren't, that's not their story. They have destroyed themselves. And it's little wonder why so many who uh, fight God on something so basic as as their sex and gender uh, end up committing suicide at, at such a high rate because they they just have have destroyed themselves at a young, young age. So, hey, I applaud you for standing up for truth and keep doing it. Just know that, hey, the world is gonna hate you uh, for saying, telling the truth, but we need to stand up for truth. Well, we have David from Iowa. David, you're on Real Truth for today.
2: Oh, thank you, Pastor. Um, yeah, I, um, I just wanna, uh, as you were talking about speaking the truth, Sometimes it's within our own family. I have a son who um he calls himself non-binary and he he wants to do drag and all this um and he kind of moves in and out. He doesn't tell us that he's gay, but he also um talks about, you know, boys and and, and so he's confused. He's very confused. And my wife and I, all we do is we've had to learn to love him through it because it's so counter to what we believe. But God is teaching us how to love him through it and speak the truth. And any time I try and, um, uh, you know, read God's word to him or ask him, hey, Samuel, I want to read some scripture to you. um, he, uh, He says, no, I don't want to hear it i don 't want to hear it, and I said the reason you don't want to hear it is because it 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 makes you feel uncomfortable because you know there's you know there's the truth there, and I think deep down he does, but he's so confused right now yeah so that, um so sometimes that controversy is outside the house and sometimes it's in the home, but learning how to love those who are confused is it takes prayer and Just patience from God uh, and and power from God to the Holy Spirit because um, I haven't been the best at it, but I'm learning it.
0: That's a great point, David. Yeah, it takes a lot of prayer, and we can have you know controversy is definitely in can be in the home. With our nuclear family or with our extended family, Uh, I don't think there are very many of us uh, that are on today that uh, haven't, don't have somebody in our extended family that's not touched with uh, homosexuality or transgenderism, and uh, you know, I have people in my family that you know tell me they're same sex attracted and and, you know extended family, and so we uh, we need to speak the truth in love. We don't cram things down people's throats. Uh, that doesn't work, you know. We don't beat them up with the Bible. That doesn't work. But uh, especially when we're close to them, we let them know, "Hey, this is what God says." And son, we love you regardless of what uh, what you're struggling with. We love you. We want to help you. And uh, and to for them to see that God is a God who sits on a throne of grace. He sits on a throne of mercy. And and Here's what we don't want to do. So First John chapter 1 tells us that uh, if we say that we have no sin, then we are putting ourselves in a really dangerous spot. So if God is light and in him is no darkness at all, and uh, if we want to walk with God, we can't just uh, walk in the darkness and say, you know, just say, well, I'm, I'm walking with God. No, you're not. You're, you're not practicing the truth. You're living a lie. So we have to walk in the light. We have to bring our sins before the Lord. Now, here is the warning. If we say that we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. Many in this uh, that are going this way are deceiving themselves. Then it goes on to say, if we say that we have not sinned. We make God a liar and his word is not in us. We're calling God a liar if we, if he says, hey, this is a sin, and we say, oh, no, it's not. That's a dangerous place to be. And that's what I see with many, many people when it comes to the issue of homosexuality or also this issue now of transgenderism is we say, well, Uh, god got it wrong or this is not a sin and and god is blessing me in this i had a, a a man that was once a pastor that divorced his wife and married a man he's got five kids and he told me you know nicely but jeff you don't know what you're talking about i'm more happy than i've ever been and god is blessing me more than ever because of this decision and this is wonderful and beautiful and and holy well it's it's obviously a sin And I just told this guy in love, I said, your life is going to crash and burn and you are going to hurt your children immensely by latching on to this lie. You you have to uh, come to your senses like the prodigal at the pigsty and return to your father. So uh, I appreciate you standing up for truth and continuing to pray for your son and keeping those lines of communication open because that is so important well we have uh, marsh from arkansas marsh you are on the program today
5: hi how are you
0: good how are um, you
5: fine i'm living above you at fayetteville arkansas but i have a a daughter and she and her husband are not taking the kids to church and i was down there visiting Just this last week, one of the oldest girl is reading uh, best New York bestseller about dragons, and it's pretty. They're trying to present it as dragons are saving everyone, is what it is. And I know the girls don't even. I ask them if they knew who God was. I ask them if they knew who Jesus was, and I ask them if they knew who Satan was, and they. They had no clue, and um, I'm gonna start. I bought him a child's Bible, one's nine one seven, and start doing FaceTime with them. So, um, how can I realize make them realize that they need to be saved?
0: Yes, great question, and I, um, I just feel for you as you want to see your grandkids being taught the truth. And uh, I would just think as a grandparent, and I have three grandchildren, um, obviously prayer. Prayer is, is our main weapon, Was we pray that God would soften hearts and then look for opportunities that you can speak into their lives, and getting them a Bible, and and uh, encouraging them, and maybe opportunities where you can take them. They can spend the night with you on on a Saturday night, and go to church with you on Sunday. And a lot of that is limited to how much your your child will let you do that, but. Um, but to pray that, that they would be open to that and so that you could have influence on your children. You know, I have seen in church many, many grandparents that, uh, you know, for whatever reason, maybe it's drugs with their kids or whatever, but they're raising their grandkids or they have a lot of influence in their grandkids' lives, and even in their great-grandkids' lives, and they're able to take them to church, and they're able to share the truth with them. So I hope that that is the case with you, Marsh. But don't give up. Don't be discouraged, and just know that God has given you this opportunity. He wants to use you in a great way in your grandchildren's lives. So thank you so much for calling today. Well, we have Ernie from Virginia. Ernie, welcome to Real Truth for today.
1: Oh, how are you doing, sir?
0: Good. How are you?
1: Okay. Now, what if somebody, I have a sister that has said, uh, if you want to stay friends with me, don't mention the Bible. Don't even bring it up. So I sent her something with a Bible verse on it, and she said, that's it. You're trying to ram this down my throat? Boom. Don't. Now, now she doesn't pick her phone up. Yeah. At all. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, uh, if, God, if God doesn't convict somebody, I hear a lot of preachers preach you need to, you need to repent, you need to do it. But if if God doesn't convict, that's one thing they they leave out. You know, in Timothy it says. Uh, where it talks about that God would grant them repentance, God right. has to do it, but right. they don't put that in their their sermon. They don't say.
0: <laughs> yes. So, well, here's the thing, Ernie. You know, uh, you can you can speak the truth to a friend, a loved one, a stra- a stranger, but only God can impart the truth. And it sounds like your sister is very uh, anti anything related to the lord she's probably been hurt or she's felt she's had the gospel crammed down her throat or there's something in her past that's causing her to say i can't trust god i don't even like the concept of god um oftentimes it's uh, something that somebody maybe prayed for and it didn't come to pass and uh they just they can't reconcile that and so they get so mad at God, and they're just uh, kind of, in, in a way, they're shaking their fist in the face of God, and, and uh, how dare you all never believe in you. And so when his name is ever mentioned, they just the, the hair on the back of their neck stands up because they're so bitter at God. And so if you mention God, yes, yeah, she's going to respond that way. Here's what I've found with family members. Uh, you let them know where you stand, and then you don't bring it up again you look for opportunities, you let them bring it up. And if they bring it up, then that's a green light for you to enter in. But I'm very careful with my family. Um, I I shared with all of them where I was spiritually when I first got saved and had conversations with them. Uh, But I don't keep doing that because they will uh, see that as cramming it down their throat and then they're going to avoid me like the plague. And I don't want that. So... I would just encourage you keep praying for her, ask God to soften her heart and to give you an opportunity where she would ask you one day, okay, tell me, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? And give you an open door and a green light. So I appreciate you calling in today, Ernie. Well, we've been talking about being a controversial Christian. God has called us to be salt and light and to stand in the gap for the land. We have the National Day of Prayer coming up soon on Thursday, March, or May the 5th, and we desperately need to pray for America, and we desperately need to stand up, stand up for Jesus as soldiers of the cross. Speak to the culture. Tell them the truth. Point the way to Jesus, who is mighty to save, who is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through him. Thank you so much for joining me today for Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. And remember the two words, shine and share. Shine for Christ and share what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you and make a difference this day for Jesus. God bless you.